God, you want to bring things into my life. We want, I gotta, but I've got to receive from you. If I'm going to receive from God, I've got to let something go. There's got to be an exchange that occurs, okay? You know, we, we can never receive unless we first, like if my hand's full, well, there's nothing more I can receive, right? I've got to let go so I can receive something more. Anyway, so I was, I was meditating on this concept and, you know, I work in finance, so my brain started getting all financial about it, you know, market clearing price and supply and demand. And I thought, you know, maybe that's not really where God wants to go with this. <laughs> so I just let it, let it mellow. And I was sort of all thinking about all the things that this applied to and how it, how it could apply the whole concept of, of ex, the exchange between us and God and all of the ways that that applies and um, as I was thinking about this yesterday, I was sort of, I was mowing the lawn and doing yard work and I thought, oh, I've got to go finish this sermon. And then I'm going, you know what? It's a nice evening. I'm going to go for a swim in the pool. I haven't done the sermon yet. No, I'm going to go have a swim in the pool. I'm going to rest. I'm going, hmm. Anyway, sat in the pool for like an hour, resting. Had a nice cool beverage, resting in the pool, a bit later on, had dinner, thought kids wanted to watch a movie. I'm going to rest some more. <laughs> watch the movie. God, I'm sure God has a message in this somehow. Somehow this applies. I don't know how, but I'm receiving the word, receiving the word, receiving the word. About 11 o'clock at night, last night, I'm going, yeah, I'm too tired to finish this sermon. <laughs> I'm going to rest. Anyways, Pastor Vita is freaking out at this point, going, oh my gosh, he's never going to do this. <laughs> Woke up 5.30 this morning. I'm going to finish this. Going, got my, I, now, to be fair, to be fair, I had written a bunch of notes like a week before. You know, like I'd written a whole series of thoughts that I thought applied. Anyways, so I'm, I'd had a, you know, when you sometimes, just before you go to sleep, you have this brain explosion of all these brilliant ideas that you go, and I'm, like, I'm going to remember all those for tomorrow. Woke up, mine was completely blank. Completely, I'm going, what? Panic, panic ensued. I'm sitting there, sitting there making coffee, going, it's got to happen. Sit on the couch. Sitting on the couch with the laptop, 5.30 this morning. And then um, I'm saying, God, what do you want to tell your people? And um, he's like, well, what have you been doing? Been resting. That's the message. That's it. Well, what do you mean? There's all these other things we're going to talk about. No. And I just started laughing out loud. I laughed out loud. I'm going, that's it. It is about rest. It's what God wants to bring into your life. He wants to bring in his rest into you. Um, and, and maybe this is just a message for me. I don't know. Uh, I <laughs> had someone who I respect talk to me this week and he says, you know, Matt, you could be a workaholic. I'm like going, what now? Now, of course, if your spouse tells you that, you dismiss it out of hand and you go, you're just having a go at me, woman. That's why she's my ex-wife, I guess. <laughs> That's a story for another day. <laughs> That's a different sermon. But, you know, when someone else outside your family tells you this, sometimes you go, Maybe I've got to think about that. And I go, I go to the workaholics website. He says, there's 20 questions, jump on there. And, and you read through all of them and going, yeah, that applies to me. Or no, nah, that doesn't apply. It definitely doesn't apply. Yeah, that's that one, that one. Get to the bottom of the page. If you answered yes to three or more of these, I'm going, 
Maybe that applies. <laughs> so, I've got some work to do, maybe some recovery work in this area of my life. So, as I was saying to someone earlier before the message, you know, sometimes when you hear a message, you get to hear what God's saying to that person, and that's fresh. It's fresh off the meat hook, as pastors often say. So this is what God's trying to say to me, and hopefully it applies to your life as well. We come up to this time of year. We come up to Christmas, and there's so much going on. There's like, you've got leave coming up, and you've got to do three weeks' worth of work in three weeks so you can take a week off, you know? And, um, and we go, mm, is this what God has for us? Is this His way in our life? Or are we just stressing out? Am I just stressing out, trying to fix all of the problems of the world? and not allowing myself to receive from him. Remember, the, the concept is, I've got to let go so I can receive from him, okay? I started re- looking for this concept of God's rest throughout the scripture, and it begins really, really early in, in, in Genesis. In Genesis 1, verse 5, it's like the first day, and it says, God called the day, the light day, and he called the darkness night, and there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. Now, we don't normally think of it that way. We normally think of, okay, we wake up in the morning, it's a new day. And God says, you're late. It's already half over. <laughs> I mean, what do you mean, God? Well, I've been, I've been resting for half the day already. And now I'm going to do the work. That's how God thinks about it. He begins with evening, with rest, and then moves into morning. And so he starts, his, he continues his day from a place of rest. That's the, 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 the spiritual concept. I, I, I had heard of this, this Hebrew concept of, you know, their day beginning in the evening and, and our day beginning at, you know, you know we, we get it all wrong at back to front. Anyway, so I Googled. Of course, Google has all the answers. <laughs> and I found some, some Hebrew scholar who devoted like, 20 pages in this research paper as to whether the day actually started in the evening or the morning. I'm going, dude, you've made a lot of work out of this concept of rest. (laughs) I feel like you may have missed the point. (laughs) Anyway, so it goes on. If we look further in Scripture, in in Genesis 2, uh, and this is just after God's finished creation, it says, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he'd been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Because it was finished, right? He'd finished the work, hence he rested. And then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So God's at a state of rest. He's finished the work of creation. And from that point on, he, come up, he says, this is, a, this, is a, this is a blessed day, a day of rest. And, and that's, that's how he begins. He begins with rest. God begins with rest, you know. We often begin, well, actually, we rarely begin with rest. I know I'd rarely begin with rest. I mean, I'll wake up in the morning with all the things I have to do in life. I'll wake up in the middle of the night with all the things I have to do the next day. Brain going a million miles an hour. And God can't bring his blessing into our life if we're never stopping, never stopping to rest. And um, this, this, this concept is, it's only just starting to percolate in my heart and my mind as to living our life out of that place of rest, living our everyday, our work. Now, see, now notice there was the, the contrast, the interplay between rest and work. 
It didn't say, because God had rested for seven days, he then rested another day. You know, it wasn't like he never did nothing (laughs) or didn't do anything. Sorry, English teachers, English, sorry. (laughs) He'd done the work, hence the rest, okay? So there was that that exchange, but we can't continue to do the work if we don't rest. We need to top up. Now, I know as human beings... I can be, I won't speak to everyone, I'll speak for myself. I can be a bit slow, a bit hard at understanding concepts. Anyway, so I'm looking further through scriptures, further through scripture, and I get to the Ten Commandments. Now, it's impossible to read at that font size, but you're not intended to read it. You're only supposed to see the size of the text. And there's a section in the middle there, right in the middle of the Ten Commandments. sits right in the middle. And I'd never really seen it. Like, the fact that you can't see that on screen is really important. That middle bit is the bit about rest, is the command about rest. And do you know that is one-third of the words of the Ten Commandments is one verse about rest, one command. And I'd, I'd never seen that until this very moment, like this morning, I'm looking at it, I'm going, by number of words, a third of what God said was about rest. Now, why does he have to use so many words to describe it? Because we're thick. Because we don't like to understand this concept because we think it's all about us. Instead of realizing it's all about him. It's all about receiving from God on that day of rest. I'll read it to you. (laughs) The seventh day, God kept... um, Remember the seventh day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the the Sabbath day to the Lord your God. On that day you should neither do any work, neither you nor your son nor your daughter nor your male servant or your female servant nor your animals or any foreigner resting in your towns. For the sixth day God made the heavens and the earth and the seas and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the God God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. A holiday. A holiday. That's what we get the word holiday. It's from holy day. A day of rest. A day of reflection. A day to spend with our family. To spend with God and receiving from Him. To put aside our, our work and receive from Him. You know. Um, I don't know. This is such a simple concept. And yet God has to go to such great lengths to describe it to us in so much detail. Because if he didn't say in there, your kids can't either, and your slaves can't either, and even any foreigners can't either, we would have found some loophole, some way around the back door to go, yeah, but maybe this way, maybe this way. You know, um, when, I, when I look at transaction docs in, in my work, um, there's, there's some things that are really simple concepts and it's just like one sentence. Other concepts where they want to cover the entirety of possibilities, they go into pages and pages of text. I once had like a paragraph in a transaction document which was one sentence without a rest and it was like a whole page. I'm going, lawyers have too much time on their hands. <laughs> you can never read it because you'd be out of breath. You'd pass out, you'd have a coma. But when God wants to really bring something home for us he keeps saying it over and over and over again just to make sure that we can get the concept you know now when god starts with rest and then he commands rest 
You've got to remember, in, in Scripture, we've got this, this beautiful thread of um, God bringing the, the perfect example, and then there's the, there's the command to it, or, or the law, which sets out the perfect, the perfection of what it is. And then, of course, us as humans, you know, the, we, we can't live up to the law, but the law is there to describe the perfect standard. And then in the, in the New Testament, we see Jesus. He comes and fulfills the law and supplies the perfect version of everything that the law asks of us so that he can then deliver it to us, okay? So when we go to... Um, my little clicky thing stopped working. Can you grab that? Oh, no one. Oh, yeah. So in the New Testament, there's Jesus supplies his rest to us when we let go of our burdens, when we are let, willing to let him supply. You know, we get to receive it from him. In Matthew 11, 28 to 30, it says, Are you tired? Are you worn out? Burned out on religion? I'm going to stop right there. Back in 2018, or actually end of 2017, there was there was discussion about starting this church, and and I, I was exactly that person, tired, worn out, burned out on religion. Been in church a long time, done a lot of churchy things, a lot of religious things, a lot of repeat behaviours, trying to win God's affection and favour, and that described me so perfectly. And then he goes on, come away with me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. That's what God wants to do for you. He wants you to recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn how to live lightly and freely. That's it. That's it. God wants you to learn how to live lightly and freely without a heavy burden, without all of the list of demands. You know, we can take it from a, a spiritual principle of, you know, God's salvation. Um, you know, Jesus came to fulfill the law, all of the list of demands, the righteous requirements of the law. But sometimes us, we need to start at the simplest level. All of the work that we do, all of the, the things that we lay before our family, our relationships, our finances, our career, uh, our health. Sometimes we're laboring for all of these things. And when Jesus wants us to stop that and let him teach us how to do these things from a position of rest, out of his supply, because he wants to supply to you everything that we need. I've been talking about that previously when we talked about supply. But it's... It's kind of like God's going, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've talked about peace, but you know, stop talking about peace. Just stop. Just stop. And in that stillness of stopping, he can actually supply the answers to the questions, supply the provision. It's like the first stop. The first step is to stop. <laughs> they call it step zero. We stop. <laughs> You've got to stop at some point. So God can start to move in your life. So God can start to supply. Jesus had this inter interchange with some others as well. He had this, this exchange with, with Martha, who, you know, gets a bit of a hard rap by, by Christians often. 
only because they see so much of themselves in here, I guess. Um, <laughs> the master said, Martha, dear Martha, you're fussing far too much and getting yourself worked up over nothing. The one thing is essential. And Mary chose it. It's the main course. And it won't be taken from her. The context is Martha was fussing doing church. She was putting out the communion. She was setting out the chairs. She was doing everything tonight. Everything would be perfect so that when Jesus came, everything would just be spitting, just like perfect. And Mary, she came and sat in the front row instead and just like hung out with Jesus. She didn't do all the work and activity. Now, Jesus didn't say, don't do any of that stuff. But he also, he said, I'm not going to stop her sitting in the front row and receiving the message. We've got to start there with being willing to receive the message, being willing to receive God's goodness, willing to receive his blessing. And we do that first by stopping. Step zero, stop. So we can listen, so we can receive. When, when, I, was, when I was preparing, as I said, I had 10 other things that I thought that were about the exchange that God wanted to give us and you know, I pour into your life. And he just stopped me at the first bit. <laughs> just stop. Just stop. <laughs> Be still. God's got a theme here, a thread, because Belinda picked this list. I was going to pick that same song last week, except that there was other things that God wanted to say. So it was, it was this week for us to sing Be Still. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. And um, I guess that brings me to, to the, the most confusing scripture I've ever heard. It's almost like an oxymoron. It's, it's a redundancy. It's, it's a conflict. It, it blows my mind. In Hebrews 4.11, this is the old King James, it says, let us labor, therefore, to enter that rest. Newer versions say, let's be diligent to receive God's rest. Let's be diligent. What does that mean? It means we have to be directed. We have to be uh, deliberate about clearing the decks, about prioritizing. What am I going to do first? Now, I'm not saying that the important things of our work don't matter. But what Jesus is trying to do is elevate to us the importance of our rest for our health, the importance for our receiving from him, to receive his word for that day, to receive his message for that day, to receive his wisdom for that day. You know, when... When I was reading through this morning, there was something really profound stuck to me is um, when I was searching for the word rest in Scripture. Um, I find this little snippet says, and he'll be a man of rest. I'm going, oh, that's it, that's it, what's it about? And it was a word from God that had come to King David about his son. Because um, David wanted to build a temple for God. He wanted to, he had a plan to build a great temple and um, God said to him, no, mate, you're a, um, a man of war and you've shed much blood, but you'll have a son and his name will be Solomon and he will be a man of rest and he will build me a temple. And Solomon means peace. It means peace. Now, we think of Solomon as a, a wise man, the wisest man who ever lived. But before he was born, he wasn't called the wisest man who ever lived. He was called a man of rest. 
And I feel like there's some wisdom in that, some wisdom in that for us. Now, we're too busy trying to be wise instead of starting from a place of, of God's peace and his rest in our life because he wants to bring his supply, his bless and blessing. In. And while we're working, well, God can't, so he rests because clearly you've got it. <laughs> but if we'll stop and rest and receive from him, then he can go to work. His provision can, can't, can start to flow in our lives. We, we let go. It was like when I sold the car, I had to let it go so I could receive the supply. And, and I felt lighter. I felt e- at ease. There was blessing had come into my life, you know. So much of, our, of all, um, all progress in our life really comes through an exchange of some sort, a trade. You know, you think about your work, you go to work and you're making an exchange at that point in time. You're exchanging your time for someone else's money, your service for a service that someone else needs or some product that you make for someone else who needs that product. It's an exchange that occurs there. Let me tell you right now, I am short of God's rest and he's got an unlimited supply of it. I need to let go of all my striving so I can receive God's rest. But I have to let go. I have to let that exchange occur. And then my life progresses. But that's something that I have to do every day. It's, it's, day, it's manna for the day. It's, it's supply for that day. You know, when the, when the children of Israel, when they were in the, in the wilderness and, and God was supplying them uh, manna in the morning and quail in the evening, or um, well, first with just the manna, the, the bread from heaven, and it was said, the command came, you go and collect it every morning, except on Friday night, collect double because there'll be none on, on the Saturday, on the Sabbath. Um, but it was very specific. You've got to collect it fresh every day. And people would collect trying to, to make enough for tom- tomorrow and, and it would be spoiled, it would be ruined. It was like, a, you know, month-old McDonald's burger, you know, like, that's well actually McDonald's bag is probably fine it's probably still fresh <laughs> but it's inedible <laughs> if we receive God's rest for that day that's his supply for that day when we start with with, with, our, with our, our our journal or quiet time with God and, and receive from him the blessing he wants to give well you can do it at night scripturally that's the beginning of the day as you lie down before you or you pray before you sleep go God bless my sleep Bless my family. Give me your wisdom for this day. Give me your wisdom for, for what you want me to do. Help me, you know. I, um, I'm in, in the middle of some, some uh, large-ish transactions at work at the moment, and, um, and uh, it's hilarious to watch me from afar, you know. And, and my journal sometimes does that for me because it's like my, my feelings at a point in time, a snapshot of how I'm feeling about something right now. And um, the change from day to day is quite dramatic because sometimes I can be freaking out because something's not going right. Someone's called me and said they can't do something and I'm going, oh, what's going to happen? And then a bunch of activity happens. Next day, oh, God solved the problem. This happened. And, you know, I'm really happy now. I'm relaxed. And I'm going, God knew what was going to happen. Why was I freaking out? He had the supply. He had the answers. He always has. He's always had the answers. So why the freak out? Why, why the panic? Why the stress? 
when God's got the supply, he's got the answer. So we're going to leave it there. If you have, I guess, a sense where you go, look, that's all great. Matt, I've got no idea what you're talking about. That's brilliant. But who's this God stuff? You know, God wants to supply every need in your life. And sometimes we are so busy trying to fill up with everything else and trying all the substitutes, all the substitutes for God, you know, instead of stopping and receiving from God. So if you've been trying all the substitutes or just going, yeah, God, that's busy. I'm I'm busy over here doing my own thing. Maybe now's the right day for you to go, okay, God, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop and, and quit trying to run the show and let you run the show. You know, the Christian life is a life of rest. The Christian life is a life of letting God be in charge. You know, Jesus says, I'm the vine and you're the branches. You who abide in me or keep living with me, you'll bear much fruit. The thing about the branch is it can't do anything without the vine. All its supply comes from God. So it just rests pretty much. It doesn't have to stress. It just rests. And all the supply and nourishment it needs comes. Now, yeah, sure, the fruit grows on the vine. And you can say, well, see, it's doing work. Yeah. But it's doing from a place of connection, a place of rest. So let's pray.